This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It goes between a lot of genres, this film, doesn't it? It is a horror, but it's also a lot of other things as well, and it's not its, its only calling card. Getting back to the sound thing, usually to just go and listen to the best-sounding film that the best sound designers in the world have spent eons on and millions, it's usually a Transformers, and they're yeah. not always the most interesting films. This is one of the first times that you got to listen to an amazing soundtrack, but also fall in love with all the characters, fall in love with the film, and that's rare. That's really rare. I think that's what makes it so special, is it ticks a lot of boxes for a lot of people. Hey everybody, and welcome to this episode of Flitswatch Podcast. I'm joined today by Luke. Yo! Ben. (laughs) Hello. And Helen. Hello. And we're going to be talking about A Quiet Place. Thank you, as always, to the mighty people for the mighty, mighty tunes. And thanks to Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. Please do remember to write a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us. And you can join in the conversation with us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and on Instagram at FlixWatcher. Hello film fans, welcome to this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast. Joining us remotely today, we have Ben and Luke. If you would like to say hello to our listeners and tell them all a little bit more about who you are and what you do, please. Well, hello there. Uh, thanks for having us both. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Ben and I are sound designers uh, working in film predominantly, who have a couple of credits under our belts. Um I've done a lot. I did Aladdin recently, and then The Gentleman and Ben, uh, Mission Impossible, uh, and a few others and stuff. So, so these are small rubbish films. Yeah, just never heard of any of Just just some little films that film under. So, but myself and Luke have been working together roughly for about five six years now, and we've recently just formed a kind of collective where we've got. Uh, a group of sound editors together of lots of different disciplines and we're all coming together and trying to work on stuff like-minded creative people who are coming together to create good sounds um, and we're currently working on a Amazon series which we're not allowed to talk about mention the name but we can tell you that and it's this kind of big fantasy thing with lots of you know lots swords of magic and swords lots of and horses. sandals is it, yeah. is it in three parts 
Uh, it's slightly more than three parts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, so it's not that one. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah this, it's not that one. It's not that one. But it's, but it's yeah, going to be a good one. Yeah, it's a good version of that kind of thing. So it's yeah. fancy. But yeah, so we are. Yeah, so we work in predominantly in sound, sitting in our little studio, making sound effects, loud noises. Um, uh, and then we take them and put them onto the big screen or onto the little screen. Yeah. As and you guys, seems... well, I mean, you've, you've been quite coy about your collective works. Is it Sona? Is that how you say it? Uh, Sona, it's, it's, yeah. yeah. We just yeah. built... Sona.co.uk. Uh, that's yes. right, Sona.co.uk. Yeah, this is us trying to, um, as Ben said, sort of branch out and do our own thing. We've, we've worked with a lot of amazing people over the years, but mm. we are probably now at the point now where we think... Why don't we go and start our own thing? We've got we've got some good credits under our belt, and and we can do it. So we think now's the time to do it. I think coming out of lockdown with a brand new shiny website has has felt pretty good. Um, this, so yeah. yeah, it's a really interesting time as well, especially for film, because more and more, especially what's happening, a lot of productions are going straight to the Netflix and other streaming services, really. So there are a lot yeah. of things that you'd have gone to see, like they just announced, obviously, with a Wonder Woman going to, you know, coming out on the 16th. So things like that. So more and more now we're seeing our job is going to be going that way. And it's just because people want to get their content out quick. So And the cinemas doesn't really exist or hasn't existed for a while. A um, super sad. Hope, yeah. yeah, and hopefully, obviously, you know, that's not going to be forever. Uh, hopefully they ride the storm and and we eventually get to see uh, James Bond again. <laughs> yeah, because it's been made and in the can for a very very long time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let, you know, fingers crossed, um, we all get back to normal soon yeah. enough. So, but it's good. It's good to be busy and it's yes, yeah, it's been nice to uh, have had a bit of time to kind of just go back and watch yeah this this film because I haven't seen it for a while. So it was yeah. Good. Well, you say, not... you say this film. This film is is uh, a quiet place. Who? Which one of you guys chose it? I chose it. Um, so, so it, Luke, can you can Luke, you give yes. us a synopsis? Uh, so, first of all, tell us why you chose it, and give us a synopsis, and you have a minute or less for that synopsis. Okay, so I chose this film because it's essentially audio porn. What we do <laughs> is we care so much about one tiny bit of the, the huge filmmaking process, and this is what we do with, with a big magnifying glass staring at it, proving how important sound is. Um, and not only is it audio porn, it's attached to what is actually a genius film. It's it's a wonderful film, a directorial debut from John Krasinski uh, with the amazing, his amazing wife, Emily Blunt, doing what she does best. Like, it's heartfelt, it's scary. Um, and I loved it and I've watched it a lot. And so I thought it's a good thing to talk about. Uh, can you give us a, a brief synopsis? Yeah, essentially, it's set in sort of, let's say, today or not so distant future. And aliens have landed and um, the chap from the American office and Mary Poppins are basically <laughs> together uh, trying to save the world, hiding away in a cornfield with their kids. Um, these aliens are sensitive to sound and you have to essentially make no sound because the moment you do make sound, they can hear you. They're hypersensitivity uh, will catch you and kill you, um, yeah. which we see uh, happen in the film. Um, so yeah, this is these guys just trying to, to survive. Basically, it's a family, it's a family story, but it's a dark family story. Yeah. And yeah. Um, after, after an event as well, right? So yeah, so oh I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, we'll get into that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, let's get into that. I mean, it's a, it's, yeah. a, it's a harsh it's a harsh open. I mean, it is. It's it's one of the it's an amazing open. Like 
you know, for a story, a story gets, you know, it's got three minutes, I think, in which to basically set up this world. And we know instantly mm. they're tiptoeing around this, trying to, so the, the instant survival instincts are in this 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 um, this sort of supermarket trying to find drugs for one of them that's sick, and they're tiptoeing on sand, and you're just instantly like, "What is going on here?" Yeah. And there's a bit of sign language, and there's uh, there's a moment of of this toy and, and and a noise that it makes, and 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 essentially we get to see the youngest of these three children brutally murdered within the first five in, in minutes. In front of the whole family, essentially. Yeah. Well, what, what's quite clever, I think, about the opening is that you, you get tricked into that usual false sense of security that it's your stereotypical kind of post-apocalyptic film. They're in a kind of supermarket, you know, like they're kind of a bit, you know, scrabbling around for food and you think, yeah. oh, you know, what's going to happen? And nothing really happens apart from this moment where the kid, you know, he has this toy and you kind of think, oh, God, you know what? It's going to attract whatever this thing is. And that stops and there's no music. It's Everything's heightened by the atmospheres, the mm. fridge hums, the, just the air around it. Sonically, it's like really well done. Mm. And then what happens is you your score kicks in. And you're like, oh, it's cool. It's OK. It's like, you know, little old family are walking back down home. Everything's good. Everything's great. And then... The, the event happens, so I'm thinking we can probably... Yeah, we, we're allowed spoilers, aren't we? Oh, yeah, so yeah. I think we can yeah, well, in which case, yeah, the kid puts... Yeah, sets the toy off and his uh, kind of thing just appears and it's all... And, and he's killed. But what's clever as well is you don't hear anyone... The, the, there's no noise from the parents. There's no shouting. None yeah. of them kind of cry out at the kid, which is just yeah, just feels wrong in a way because you know if it was your child, you'd be shouting or you'd be calling to them. So... It sets a really good tone for for the film. I think the the opening for me is is yeah, it's really good. It's really yeah, it's amazing because it's so silent. It, there's nothing. It's this. It's so silent, and it's something that you can really experience in the cinema because there's a huge dynamic range that you don't really get in TV, where it's just these light airs and tiny footsteps and little bits of foley, and you're like, oh, this is great. And as Ben, ben says, this score kicks in. You think everything's going to be all good, and then he's somehow put the batteries in this toy aeroplane and it does all the yeah exactly and the look on emily blunt's face she turns around and realizes that that's that's the end for her kid and she just she she smashes her own mouth shut as she screams through her fingers it's just like i've got goosebumps thinking about it it's so well done i think the only downside for me is having kids not one of my kids has ever been able to put batteries in <laughs> this kid is able to do it without anybody hearing and stuff. But it's you like yeah, that's it's, not realistic. Is yeah, that what you're saying? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, definitely. But it's cool, and the, the kind of you know they're walking on the sand. There's, there's there's so much told about what the what the rest of the film's going to be about in that opening sequence. I think the fact there is no you know there's no score or anything. It's quiet and there's no talking. The dialogue they're all whispering and they're it's, it it sets it off really really well. And the fact that then it jumps. It's a really random amount that it jumps ahead as well, isn't it? Like 489 days. It's like almost, what is that, like yeah. a year and nine nine months to show she's pregnant or something? I don't know. So I'm not sure. Yeah, of course, when it jumps. Scenes, day 89, it jumps to 470 something. So it's, yeah, it's over it's, a year it goes to. So that's given yeah. them enough time to establish how the world works and to have yeah. a, a system um, yeah. in place. Yeah. Well, which um, is, yeah. And also have a another baby expect another child which is just straight away you see and you're like really after what's just <laughs> you're gonna do that i'll say it's so, um 
where did you guys watch this, Helen? Where, where did you watch? Uh, is this the first time you've seen it, Helen? Or no, I originally saw it at um, the Picture House in Clapham. Oh. Nice. And so, everyone, did everyone see it in the cinema the first time? I did. Yeah, Picture House in uh, uh, the one in Central London. I didn't Picture actually. Central, of course. I, uh, the best I one. Saw- Absolutely. Yeah, I saw it on a screen. I had it on a screener, I think, the same year. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I was gutted because it was the same year that we were up. Where Mission had gone in as well, so I knew that there was no way we were ever going to win a BAFTA for sound with that. So I was kind of like gutted. <laughs> but I watched it at home, and it just had. I didn't watch. I watched it on my own. And I, the effect it had on me, I was just. It's a proper lean-in film, isn't it? It's a proper like it all is. the way through. You're on it and you're just in it, and and you know it's, it's really really tense throughout. So, but it, for me, it was. I yeah, it had the same effect at home that I wonder, I'd have loved to have I, seen it in cinema. I think the reason I was going to ask about the cinema and this is probably going to lean into my small screen score bit is it's such a nice experience to watch this at the cinema surrounded by other people and everyone yeah. shut the fuck up. Yeah, and yeah. It's, uh, but typically, I mean, we all saw it at pitch houses, which is typically a nice, quiet, respectful cinema. But there's still a, a, another level yeah. below that where it was like for like 90 minutes of the film, and I yeah. think that's a, that's such a, a special thing to have, and that's one of the that's one of the biggest parts about the miss about watching things at home. Although you know, I love Netflix and all the different channels and all the different films you can watch at the drop of a hat. But yeah. going to the cinema and watching with other people who you don't know, but sharing that experience. Um, yeah, I think it's really bettered than in this film. It's yeah. true. And it's the first time ever that I've seen people scared of eating popcorn and, and <laughs> I'm the bloke that goes to the cinema and I'm like, oh my God, like you couldn't sit down for 90 minutes without stuffing your face, really? Yeah. Like, couldn't you have eaten before you got in? And and, and it, was a, it was a treat to see all these people just holding popcorn and not eating it because they were so scared to ruin this, this Well, what, this well that's the thing because normally the irony is you're listening to the dialogue, aren't you? So you're kind of, and people are talking away, but the fact is there's no dialogue, so no one's got any, like, it can't, Nowhere to hide. hide. Eat it. Yeah, yeah, literally nowhere yeah. to hide yeah. underneath it. Nothing so you're just kind of like under an alien scream. Yeah, so, yeah, which is just, but it's uh, yeah, it's it's a clever film. I mean, it's kind of if when you watch it as well, it never it doesn't feel like a long film. I kind of like I got to the end of it the other day. I was like, God, oh, I kind of I wanted more actually, and it's, I know they're classic, doing more. Classic ninety minute or so. It's yeah. um, Mm. is very pleasing for me that it it, it comes in at, at that runtime. I think yeah. as well as it's kind of you know the sound direction mm. for the first time director. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um I think chap he from the office I quite like yeah. that. <laughs> <John> <laughs> um, <Kaczynski. laughs> yeah, John Kaczynski. Yeah, John Kaczynski. You're going to use chap from the office and uh, Emily and Mary Poppins. And Mary Poppins. Yeah. <laughs> yes, starring in. The I think he real life couple. Do- it's you know it's it kind of has everything you want from kind of a, a modern day post-apocalyptic could be a couple of years from now yeah. alien invasion that has that sort of sort of believability but then also yeah. mm-hmm. that kind of fantastical leap as well and yeah. you know everything about it the direction the acting just the way it looks you know mm. it's it's one of those rare films that kind of ticks all the boxes and it's yeah. 90 minutes as well yeah, exactly. And what's really good about it as well is you, they hit, there's a lot of, you know, plot points in there throughout constant bits in there. You know, there's, there's a bit, the, you know, the sand, the nail, um, 
you know, mm. just different things, you know, far, there's all these things all the way that they hit you over the head with because they show you massive close-ups of these things and you're aware that that is then going to play a part throughout the next of the film. So you're just waiting for who's going to step on the nail, who's going to, you know, what's going to happen with these things. And, and when it happens, the payoff's just really good as well. It's not kind of like, you're not disappointed. You get shocked by, you know, when, for instance, I know we're jumping around, but when Emily Blunt steps on that nail, you just kind of, yeah. you know it's yeah. coming and yeah. you're just yeah. kind of like, You oh, run out really? of edge to your seat, don't you? There's the, there's edge <laughs> yeah. of your seat and then there's there's beyond that and there's the point where you've given up on your seat and you've probably sat on the floor. Like, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's constantly teasing your bum away from that seat and yeah. it does it endlessly yeah, it's like homages isn't it it's like the, the bit there's so many references to other films but you don't mind them it's not kind of over the top there's the bit where even later on with a baby in the water she's there that reminded me of the scene in alien free when ripley when the when the alien gets really close into her face you're waiting yeah. for that moment but they never they never quite deliver and you're kind of like, oh, i wanted it really close in the face so it's really well done that really i get well. I'm getting back also to the to the to like the couple thing like you as Helen mentioned like they are a real life couple and like the chemistry is is effortless like Mm. you can see it like there's a bit where they they have that one nice moment together where they dance with the headphones Mm. in and the audience is treated to its first bit of source music and it's loud and it's lovely and you're just in love with both of them and you're just like oh it's gonna be all right and then obviously yeah well it's not but but (laughs) you know that's down to the 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 fact that they have an amazing relationship clearly but also they are so good as actors as well and and clearly as director as well she's great she's she's unbelievable let's talk a bit about the direction especially for a film that has so little dialogue um the script is must be padded out not padded out because that sounds like it's filler but the way the scripts are put together all the directions mm-hmm. placed in the scripts and how john krasinski added to that in in realizing what he you know the vision yeah it's it's a super brave thing i think um yeah i think it's, you know less knowing people think you now less dialogue fine easier but it's just it's just not no it's not no. it doesn't make and then it that's anymore. where we get you guys as sound as sound designers to fill in a lot of the storyline and uh, yeah, before yeah, you so said about that. there's no you said before that uh when the when the score kicks in people naturally can relax at that point and i was like oh that is a that is a key kind of yeah mm-hmm. trope isn't it you kind of think, okay i know where i'm now i can sit back a bit it's and normality then, for a second it's, it's conditioning in the film isn't it really you're safe with the score no mm. matter what it's doing, it's driving you through. We all know it's like, you know, whatever emotion it makes you feel, you feel it because it's hammering you. And without no music, you kind of, you re, you know, and no sound, no dialogue, you're watching this on screen, you're like, something's going to happen. You don't know, and it's really well done. And and the, and the it allows you as a, you know, a sound person to kind of really push, you know, just certain things like we were saying about a room tone. What we mean by that is just the air within a room that you wouldn't Mm. normally hear. But in this case, you can push it loud because you're not going to step on anything. There's no music over the top of it. And when that music comes in, it literally does just go, oh, okay, a bit of normality. I I feel safe now. I feel all right. And then what they do really cleverly is they, yeah, they they rock the boat again, don't they? They just kind of, (laughs) well, what he does is he, you know, and, and, and... he, he's not afraid to kind of just, yeah, totally get rid of all, all the, you know, kill, kill people off, is it? There's yeah, no, yeah, no exactly, prisoners. including himself at the end. But yeah. there's, the thing with the di- with the writing as well is that it's obviously written for sound. That is, that is, yeah. 
that's obvious. But the even the really obvious bits are like, oh, we need a we need a creature and it hears stuff and it makes these noises and it does that and the other. But there's bits like where where him and his son go off into the to catch the fish to do all that stuff that they're that you learn he's teaching his kid this new world that is sound related. He's like, starts screaming at the waterfall and he's, yeah, his kid's is. losing his mind. He's thinking, they're going to come and get us. You, shut up, dad. But he teaches <laughs> him pretty quickly that the waterfall is much louder than his sound and that you, you can mask yourself. And, and you know, that's, a, that's an amazing little moment that you, re- that you get to realise, like, without seeing this creature, it, you get to understand its biology. It reinforces the story. You understand that, that sound plays such a huge part. And if, these, if there's any hope for this family, it's got to be in these kids that they seemingly keep raising yeah. and, and that they learn this new world and, um, and be good at it, essentially. Yeah. And, We've forgot well, one of the key things as well, really, is that their daughter is deaf. Oh, yeah, there is that bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah which, which is, which is like that. essentially how they manage to uh, hold conversations and we can obviously, you know, see what they're hear what they're saying through that. So it's a really clever way of being able to yeah. communicate yeah. without um, sound and um, yeah. in, in a really inclusive way as well, I think. So it is really great to see because the, the actress is, is deaf in real life as well. So Vincent Simmons. Oh, uh, uh, is yeah. she really? I didn't, yeah. I, yeah, I, was, yeah. I wondered that. So it's, inclusive been, in that, been it's been not an actor playing someone deaf. Right, she's in right. a few films recently. Um, is she? I, I think it's a few films that came out at the same kind of time. Right. Um, but yeah, and one, one thing I was going to say is in terms of the script writing, uh, well, there's a, there's a podcast that Helen and I are both a fan of so much that, so they've uh, been on our show uh, called yeah. The Script Apart. And oh, yeah. what they do is they get the script writers for films to talk about the first draft of that. And they had uh, Brian Woods and Scott Beck who wrote a quiet place on there for one episode uh, so i do was. uh recommend go and watch uh, go and listen yeah. to script apart um, uh, yeah, and then yeah. come listen to um the episode they did with us which is out at the moment which was uh, the truman show um oh, right, but they're okay. both really nice guys with brian woods and scott beck were talking about in the first draft what they had was um the daughter millicent simmons um she wasn't deaf at the start but she, or it became clear in the flashback that she became deaf after the result of a, a car crash or something like that. Uh, and right. So it's interesting to see how fundamentally this kind of go, well, no, that's, she's deaf from the start and that's that's yeah. how her, relate, her family relates to her from, from the beginning. Yeah. Um, because yeah. there's going to be a whole kind of strand about uh, the father figure being yeah. like consistently annoyed or angry that he he, he events, you know essentially caused the deafness in his child but then that did, yeah. you know, that wasn't a part of the story afterwards yeah, um, because right. I was yeah, taken right. out and moved around and reconfigured so I really find it interesting how these things are yeah, um, well, constructed they, and that's yeah. completely changed the, like that mother sorry that father daughter relationship is, mm. is one of the one of the big that's one of the big stories in there and and you're you're made to think that dad resents his daughter uh, for a long time and maybe for the right reasons yeah. maybe she shouldn't have given that toy or the batteries or whatever order it happened but you learn at the end that he you know he doesn't resent his daughter for how it played out and he and he does try and be this oh, daddy who, safe, and really, he's yeah. trying to fix her with these hearing aids and stuff but but i quite like it that it has uh, that the writing sort of alludes to the fact that that, that john kaczynski's character could resent his daughter that, that's a that's quite a good theme that rides through the through yeah. the whole show yeah he's not afraid to kind of use like a load of just big powerful things with you know this sorry the script there's a lot of big big themes throughout the whole thing isn't mm. it really you know the son is like scared and you know they're gonna have a baby there's so many like big family issues isn't there throughout the, throughout the, 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 you know, the, 
anxiety levels of um it's interesting because i'm i i don't recall them we actually hear their names so um no. i don't actually know what they're they're called in the film because obviously they don't obviously say their names so uh, but yeah. the kid who plays the younger boy child I'm quite a boy. yeah um I, he was in, he's he's in honey boy as well so like no, but yeah, his, he's good in that his yeah. anxiety levels throughout this film Mm. I'd forgotten how much they they quite stressed me out because that is one <laughs> kid who is just not enjoying life. Like his sister is a bit yeah. more kind of like worldly and a bit more with it and just kind of a bit yeah, like yeah. I'm just going to get on with it. But he yeah. is just not having any of it and you just kind of feel for him that every time he hears a noise he's just convinced that he's going to be like ripped apart or kind of mm, sp- yeah. splattered to death or whatever it is they do because it's quite a quick movement with oh, their yeah, pinch things. Because obviously you've seen yeah. his brother get killed and then yeah. you've seen that, uh, that, that screaming man. Um, yeah. Screaming man yeah. is so terrifying. That yeah. So yeah, that's, that's There's something really kind of like so about dark. the 70s. Yeah, I've, I felt like I was watching... You know, you get, used to get those random characters in like Clint Eastwood movies in the Westerns. There was always like some random old man who was a bit gnarly and stuff. Yeah. Like, always <laughs> makes me think of that, like someone from like Pale Rider or something. Well, what's but, dark about that character is that obviously he's lost his wife yeah. and he's thinking, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give up. I've had enough. This yeah. is it. Which, you know, understandable. Fair one. You, your missus has, has croaked it in front yeah. of you. But there's no need to take out a young child and his father who are walking in the woods. Yeah. Like it's a really, I, I didn't, ex- I didn't see that coming, and I guess as a result, it, that's what makes it so shocking that he does that. Yeah. yeah. Um, is there anything else, guys? You want to say before we head to the scores? I was, I was just trying to think that I quite like the, uh, yeah, the, the the kind of jumps in it and stuff. There's some great. There's not a lot of jumps in it, but what what are in it? Yeah, like the raccoon gets yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, there. through that, they're they're again setups and they're just done really well. They pay off. And I, I, what I don't like in some horror films is where they're constantly, you know, like the Grudge and stuff like that, the remake, where you're just constantly just going, not get fuck. Oh, don't do. Oh, sh-, you know, it's literally just they're <laughs> constantly shocking you and scaring you, and it's just, you know, it's just not good for you mental health or your heart is it yeah, this is like <laughs> one jump every like 10 minutes i can deal with yeah and i guess that's what that's it it goes between a lot of genres this film doesn't it? it is a horror but it's also a lot of other things as well and it's not it's it's only calling card but um yeah my thing the last thing i could say about it is that usually getting back to the sound porn thing usually to just go and listen to the best sounding film that the best sound designers in the world have spent eons on and millions it's usually a Transformers or a or a sort of Age of Ultron, and they're yeah. not always the most interesting films. Like they might sound the best. So as people that just want to go and hear those films, you sometimes have to put up with a dodgy old script. But this is one of the first times that you got to listen to an amazing soundtrack, but also fall in love with all the characters, fall in love with the film, and that's rare. That's really rare. Um, I think. That's what makes it so special, is it ticks a lot of boxes for a lot of people. Yeah. Well, uh, on that note, let's head to the scores. Hello, I'm Sam Pei. And I'm Martin Zotz-Ostwick. And together we host a show called Song Song by Song, Song. where we deal with the music of Tom Waits. We've been going since uh, 2015. Every week we talk about a new track. Uh, We've made our way through 15 seasons so far of his music. And now we're going back to the early years. And if you haven't listened to Tom Waits before, it's not the growly stuff. It's not the stuff where he's hitting an automobile with a bone for percussion. <laughs> it's a nice, easy way into his music. If that sounds like something you would be interested in, you should check out our website, songbysongpodcast.com, or put Song by Song into your podcatcher of choice. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So let's head over to the Flix Watcher scores. All of our scores are out of five. You may have decimal places if you wish. And Luke, you can go first with your recommendability, please. I'm going to give it the top marks of a five it's going to get recommended highly because it just ticks so many boxes for so many people you like horror it's for you you like sound it's for you you love emily blonde it's for you it's five <laughs> uh um i i it's five for me as well i think i i actually like really liked it the first time and then watching it again i remembered why i liked it so much so five for me helen I, I really, really like this film. I was thinking about it when I was re-watching it, that it's, for me, it's sort of like an upgrade of Reign of Fire, except the uh, dragons have been replaced by ear-sensitive <laughs> aliens. Um, but it's kind of got similar themes to that, which is a film I love. And uh, it's great. And I know that some people did not have the same enjoyment of it. And um, yeah. people had quite a few problems with it in picking apart things um, that I'll I give you some of, examples, Helen. So I think people had a problem with there not being much sound in it generally oh, right. and felt they were kind of being <laughs> a bit ripped off in that they're not, there wasn't kind of much going on. Um, and then, As in dialogue. Yeah, or they were, you were like, well, it's kind I of a wanted. film without sound in it, so what's <laughs> kind of the point of it? And yeah. didn't really appreciate kind of the nuances or that when there was sound that it was kind of important to the plot or had been, you know, designed in a specific way. And yeah. I think that kind of annoyed a few people. And then I think some people were just a bit like, oh, well, it's obvious that if they've got sensitive hearing, then that's how you kind of kill them sort of thing. And I did have one thing that the birth scene, I think that was the only moment in the entire thing where I was a bit like, oh. can't buy it. Yeah, and that was a bit Don't of a shame because up until then I'd been prepared mm. to suspend all of all of my belief and, you know, yeah. go in for it 100% and then it was just a bit like, oh, okay. And then mm. the, the, you know, the babies, I mean, I don't have children, but I know that mm-hmm. babies cry and that... They certainly do. Oh, yeah. It's and quite it hard to, for- like, not have a baby crying. So I think that that bit... It's, it's, it took me out of the, the world that they'd taken so much care um, yeah. to yeah. create with that. And I know some people got annoyed with bits like that, or they just didn't buy it. They were just a bit like, right. oh, the monster's a bit crap. Um, yeah. It just became I, a device, I guess, didn't it, in order to make them set up a few scenes that were super tense. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you sat there going, you can't put a baby in a soundproof box. <laughs> That's just weird. We'd all love to, but you can't. So I'm surprised they're not coming to the market. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure baby, baby yeah. boxes, which will protect you from ultra-sensitive hearing, would be, I don't know, I say I don't have any babies, so yeah. I wouldn't know. About don't put a baby now. in a box, I should say. Yeah. Just please yeah, don't. That's um, a disclaimer. <laughs> I did actually quite like the creature. Sorry, did you give me a score, Helen? Not yet. Sorry, I was just okay, going sorry. on. Um, I'm going to give it... I'm going to give it 4.8. Wow. 
Oh, nice. There you go, cheeky little. <laughs> so the, 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 the point two bit is for those people who just just won't buy it. They'll be like, it's just right. stupid. Fair enough. There's, a, there's fair always going to be those people, isn't there, that kind of miss that little bit, I think. <laughs> I'm going to go uh, 4.5 here. Um, okay. It's really good, kind of solid, strong horror. Um, and it was tense. And it's tense. And, I, you know, I really enjoyed it in the cinema. And I... I was taken into it, and even though there were all the Chekhov's moments, like when you, the first time you saw Emily Blunt's bump, you were like, okay, that's going to come out. Uh, yeah. When you saw the nail come sticking out the door, Home Alone style, sticking out the uh, floor of the, uh, <laughs> yeah. of the steps, Home Alone style, you're like, well, that's going to that's gonna manifest yeah. at some point, isn't it? Um, but one, you know, Home just, Alone, though. <laughs> but even though they had those surprises, because I, you know, I fully expected the whole family to get through to the end, and mm, the fact mm. that uh, I think he's called Lee, in the script, yes. John Krasinski's character didn't make it at the end. Even though I think, if I was, if there's pinnicky things, I kind of think, you didn't have to do that. I think there's other ways to have got out of it, knowing, you know, you'd make lots of distractions, you had fireworks, yeah. you have lots of yeah. fireworks set off all over the place and you distract them. But um, I don't think, but it's still a surprise that he dies. And yeah. that is mm. super heart-wrenching. The start of the film with the death of a child, end yeah. the film with the death of the of the of the husband um, yeah. and father and that's not something you see often so it no, surprised me all the way true. through and I like it for that yeah repeat viewing score Luke okay uh, I have watched this about 10 times I think and it's, just since it's been a couple of years hasn't it even less than yeah that. just since it's been on Netflix like but I think that is a bit of a soundy thing to do like if you fall in love with something you watch it a lot and mm. I definitely fell in love with this uh, Arrival is another film that I just mm. if my missus has gone to bed I and I want to stay up, I'll just watch the same thing. And it's definitely Arrival or it's, it's A Quiet Place. So um, I've watched it a lot, so I'm going to say that it's a five again. Okay. <laughs> I think ten times in, f- in two years is, is a lot for quite a lot, yeah. 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 It's a lot. That's, yeah, that's why they're taking life. it up. That's why they'll be taking it off Netflix, because they want you to watch something else. <laughs> yeah. Mate, that's why. So that's yeah, that's true. Uh, for me, I, I'm going to go, I, I think, about three, because for the reasons similar to what Hen, because I... I kind of, I enjoy the jump and I enjoy the emo- watching it again, getting emotional, watching him and her uh, talk about their lost son and those kind of things. And for me, if I watch something too much, I can kind of be a bit desensitised by things like that. So, because I'm a cold-hearted bastard. But no, because uh, I just, uh, I, yeah, so for me, I think it's, uh, I, I'd, I, like, I, I liked that I'd left it quite a while to go back to it. So about, so So I think the three. Helen. Yes, this is my second time watching it. I saw it at the cinema and absolutely loved it and thought it was, you know, great, fantastic, had the best time and then saw it had had come on and didn't really have kind of a desire to go and re-experience it. That's saying, I did enjoy watching it and it is only 90 minutes, um, but this is going to come a little bit with the small screen score. It wasn't obviously the same experience on that would i watch it again i'm not sure i am really intrigued to kind of know what because there's the sequel that was meant to come out but didn't um yeah obviously because of covid yeah and i'm I'm just really intrigued about what they do next with it and how whether they're kind of going to bring you know the dad back in flashbacks or whether it's going to go flash forward or flash so it's a prequel right is it a prequel? Yeah, essentially, it's like the it. aliens have landed. No, isn't it? Well, think, or is that just seen as flashbacks? Yes, I think it's that's like the trailer. That's oh. what they shot. Oh, I got I got suckered into the trailer. 
Just bring it out, John, for God's sakes. I'm intrigued by it, but I'm also a bit sceptical about it. So it's all a yeah. bit like, hmm, kind of weird. So, I'm, mm. yeah, I'm going to go... I'm going to go with a three. I don't know if I'm going to rush back to watch it again. But then it is only oh, 90 yeah. minutes, so if someone said, do you want to watch it, I'd probably say yes. If I told you there's a third one in production at the moment as well, would that change your score as well? So literally there is. They've just uh, given me the green lit the third one. <laughs> so. Obviously, whoever dies in the second doesn't die in the third. Yeah, well, see for it's possibly another child, isn't it? Well, <laughs> Emily Blunt never dies, does she? She's she's no. sure she, does, she does all the time in Live, Die, Repeat. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Tomorrow. We both worked on that. Spoilers! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to go for 2.3. And similar to, similar to Helen, I didn't think I was going to... When it came on, I was like, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Nah, I'm not going to watch it again. Uh, but I knew <laughs> I was going to watch it again before... My plan was to watch it again before Quiet Place 2 came out. Um, but it's one of those films yeah. that I think I've, I've kind of seen what I need to take from it. Um, and it's... Yeah, I, you know, I, I, and I will watch it again, but it's not gonna, I'm not going to risk to it because I think for me, once is enough. Um it's, yeah, a few times is enough for this film. I don't need to see it again and again, like some of my other other films. Um, small screen then. score, Luke. <laughs> Luke, small screen. Yeah, this is where I start to fall out of love with it. Um, and you'll see there's a trend here, and that's that it's always about sound. Um, <laughs> it, it's just the way that this film work is be- it works is because of the sound and how dynamic it is. In a cinema, you can make things really quiet and then really loud, and it's so shocking. There's a bit where they're playing, is it Monopoly? And one yeah. accidentally knocks over the um, the, like, the, the lantern, light, the lantern, yeah. yeah. And honestly, that was the loudest thing I think I've ever heard in cinema, ever. Like, it just, <laughs> it blew me nearly out of the room. It was unbelievable. And, like, that just didn't translate on TV. Mm. Um, and it's the same for the creature. Like, what makes it so scary is that it's it's quick and it's aggressive and it's just, it's in and it's out. There's and when it does come in yeah. and out, it's so loud. It, like, it pe- it's hitting the end stops. It's the loudest thing in that in that in the movie because it's the scariest that doesn't happen down the line in your little tv with your sound bar at home it just can't do the same thing for reasons that we won't go into but it will never be the same so yeah unfortunately small screen it's getting a two oh interesting i'm sorry everyone that worked on it Uh, well I watched it on small screen both times um, and I've got quite a good soundbar at home so for me (laughs) and subs the lot Um, so but I do I I wish I'd have seen it in the cinema so I think Mm. I'm going to go for the three because I I do wish I think if I was to watch it again it would be I'd like to go and see it at a cinema but that, that might never happen but if yeah for me so a three for me Helen yeah, um, I think if there's ever an argument for um, keeping cinemas alive and doing all you can to support your local cinema when we're allowed to go back there yeah. and mm. keep them open and showing your support and showing studios that you do actually want to go and see a cinema experience and experience sound on that level, then this is a film to use an example for that because it, it wasn't the same experience for me. It, you know, the film was still watchable, but it just didn't have that, that sort of shock or that wow or being able to take you into that world in that way. And 
this was one of my favourite collective experiences because, as we've talked about the opening, it's such a shock that everyone was just sat there, silent, going, mouthing to themselves because they didn't want to make a sound. And it just sucked everyone in there. So um, I'm going to give it a very generous two, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> filmmakers please do not think you do not have to make films for the cinema and everything is a home experience this is an example thank you amen to that people go to your cinema when you are allowed and spend money in your cinema keep your local cinema open or we will lose these experiences yeah and, I, and that collective group experience is one of the reasons i even for like small indie films i will happily go to you know if I if I had a spare Saturday morning, I'd go to the cinema and watch a, a small film because it, it, there's you know even pay the money to do so because it, the yeah. collective experience is so much better. And sometimes I'd be it'd be me and some other bloke, um, but that's fine. That was absolutely fine with me. Um, but Quiet yeah. Place wasn't, and it was so above and beyond anything that um, I'd seen. You know, even like IMAX 3D, which I never really resonated with, but you know the biggest, yeah. most enveloped film, this is the one of the ones where I just came out and going, well, that was powerful. Um, and it's not going to happen at home. You know, I've got some good headphones. I've got the same soundbar as you guys, mm. um, but yeah. it's just not going to be. Um, it's like that and gravity. Like, in terms of like, gravity for me, is more the sound and the visuals that took me, yeah. like brought mm. me into it. Mm. So it's not, the, like Helen said, it's not the size of the screen here. It's the whole experience and the sound is a big part of it and the, and the audience is a big part of it and it's not going to be recreated at home, unfortunately. Um, so I'm going to go for 2.1. Um, and the last score, engagement. Luke? Um, well, you're talking to a bloke that's watched it 10 times. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> within those 10 times, it's probably me. As I say, I'll do a cheeky half hour there and 10 minutes there and another five minutes on lunch break. Like, I can do that because like, it, it yeah. is... It, like I said, it's audio porn. Like the guys that design this stuff, it's a um, reference, isn't it? Erica Dahl and, and Ethan Vanderin are like the best at what they do. And so, getting to listen to that stuff is is perfect reference material. Yeah. It's yeah. it's the it's the top of the pops, and um, it's <laughs> something that I will tune into a lot. So, I'm going to say that's a four again. Cool. Hard hard to turn off. I know it sounds contradictory. I turn it off a lot, but it honestly, it's uh, yeah. yeah. It's a four. Uh, for me, uh, generally films are quite hard to turn off. Anyway, if I'm if I'm watching something, I generally will sit up and watch it. Mm. It's got to be really, really bad. Like something like Richard E. Grant in How to Get Ahead in Advertising. Sorry if that's a spoiler. But <laughs> it's that's a very niche much. film. That's, that one. <laughs> oh god, very niche. Also, it's like oh, God. Yeah, no, I think you know. I think five minutes in, I was like, no, I'm good. But I think for the yeah. So so for me, I think I'm like yeah. For me, it's a four. I, I, I like to watch it. I think I, you, you, you're on the journey with them and you want to know what happens in the end, I think. So yeah. you, you, definitely, I'm, I'm in it for the long haul, that film. So, But 4.2. Oh, well, hello. Yeah. Yeah. Point, what, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> 2. 4.2, OK, OK, OK. Yeah. Decimal game. Helen. Just what's, over. Just over. Prizes? Um, I'm going to go at 5. This is like Whoa. 90 minutes of pure engagement and I, th- think, I think if it had been any longer I think it just about holds everything for the right amount of time and and, and if, if it had run just a bit longer or if it had tried to add a backstory in or tried to over explain 
any parts of the monsters, then that's when I would have lost yeah. engagement. But you know, yeah. and we haven't talked about it. Like the the corn scene, they um, they fall into the the corn pit. Yes, mm, and yeah, yeah. the sounds amazing in that. The tension's amazing in that. You've already seen one kid brutally killed, so you know mm. it's there. They could die. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So there's there's loads of really convenient sort of action points placed in that 90 minutes that you know it's it's really up and down and also you know the the ending is very much like they could it off there like there's lots of really bold choices in it that mm. i really really like and it carries it throughout the whole film i think for those so five for engagement there you go amazing i'm gonna go 4.4 um and i think it's it's for each subsequent watch i think i'll get less they'll be less engaged because I think the first time is five stone cold five um, subsequent watches because I don't think there's much more to pick out of it. I can not, you can really have it just in the background because you, you don't know what's happening, but um, you can kind of zone out a bit. Um, I feel so that's why it's diminishing returns there. So 4.4, 4, um, which gives us an overall score of 3.70625. And it's, it's a small screen score is really yeah. taking it down. Um, great great right. film need to right. see it uh, on a big yeah. screen recommendability score 4.825 yeah. overall yeah. but yeah it's the it's a small screen score it's, it gets the cinema guys and see this it's, it's really it's really important yeah um it's nice to know that like one of the negatives that we found about this film is just reinforcing that we all need to go to the cinema more like it's <laughs> a great thing yeah it is so i'll negative. take it i felt guilty for a second but i'm alleviated again <laughs> I see you can't just take the scoring as Mary. You have to listen. You have to understand where the scoring has come from. It's come from the heart with, with myself and Helen and, yeah. and the guests. You two in this case. Yeah, and we'll head to Twitter. And just to, as we say to everyone listening, do follow us. We are at Flits Watcher Pod. Um, and it's important because every time we record, we do a little shout out and ask for people's opinions. Such as in this case, I said we wrote, we're reviewing A Quiet Place with Ben Mekon and Luke Gentry from Sona. Uh, that's sona.co.uk a brand new website just launched recently guys go check it out if you need any sound design skills have you seen it tell us your thoughts for your and then score out five stars for an on-air shout out on Flitswatcher. and so luke do you want to take us up with the first one you can see absolutely the countdown pod said a great edge of your seat horror with a premise that completely engages start to finish the fact it's a debut feature film only adds to its impressiveness four stars Thank you very much. Cool. Uh, Paul and Wayne, uh, former of this pod, um, do go and check their episodes out with Out of Sight, I believe is uh, one of them. Ben, can you read out one of the one of the tweets? Yeah, sure. I'll read the tweet from Anna, uh, which says that I adored this film. Uh, I didn't make a noise for an hour and a half after. <laughs> <laughs> the sound design is something so unique and amazingly executed. Uh, it's a great directorial debut. Uh, from John Kransky, uh, 4.75, she gave it, so it's pretty high. Helen? Um, uh, this one is from Tasteless Podcast. Two stars. How could they have not have thought in the first place that something with super sensitive hearing would respond to sound? Things like that do trip people up. And yeah, even though the, the, they do, the, yeah. you know, it's aliens, but it's like, yeah. well... There's a simple way we could have done this. Um, (laughs) And there's one more left. There is one more, yeah. From Trivia Rewind Podcast. I love the movie, but in my opinion, one downside to watching it in the theatre was being distracted by listening to people eat their popcorn and snacks. 
Otherwise, when watching it at home, I'd give it five stars for keeping me on the edge of my seat. Now, that sort of goes completely against what we've been saying. Well, but, he's, he's been to the wrong cinema. He has, clearly. <laughs> he needs to start upgrading the old tickets. <laughs> I'm thinking, get yourself a little view VIP, my yeah, friend. Yeah, really you know, Leicester Square, that bad boy. Really. Yeah, or just hire your own cinema like we do, eh? <laughs> yeah. In our dreams. Yeah, that's it. Well, thank you very much, Luke and Ben. Can you tell us where we can find you and say... Um, Sayonara, bye, adios to the listeners. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Yeah, yeah sorry, uh, it's just been about sound. That's kind of all we ever talk about. Yeah, and uh, we feel like we kind of, we just mainly didn't get really into the, the thicket of the film, did we really? No, kind of like, we didn't we talk did, about the creature yet, but yeah, know, maybe we, we spoke about like room tones for about half an hour. <laughs> but, uh, thanks so much. Really, really cool. Thank you. Thank you, cheers. Well, you're not going to say where you come from, Sona, sona.co.uk. <laughs> That's, you know. Oh yeah, we can say that. I was, I thought you meant Dudley in the West Middle. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. So we, uh, yeah, sound designers, film sound designers from Sona.co.uk. <laughs> Thank you very much, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for coming Cheers. on. Cheers. Thanks very much. Bye. Thanks, thanks, thanks. Bye. Bye. Enjoyed this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast? Why not leave us a five-star review on iTunes? You can also follow us at Flix Watcher Pod on Twitter and we're at Flix Watcher on Instagram. Thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes and Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. If you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this, get in touch with Ben and that's Rockwood, R-O-K-K, Wood audio tell them flicks what she sent you you just heard a stripped media production